the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to hour number two, Bruce Hooley Show. Final hour of the week, and it'll be a while, at least another day, before you hear us back. Labor Day, we are off, so we'll return on Tuesday, but we start hour number two like we prefer to start every final hour of the week with Jack Windsor of the Ohio Press Network. Glad to have you on the show, Jack. How are you doing? Looking forward? Big plans for Labor Day weekend? Hey, Bruce. I'm doing super fantastic. Uh, You know, my wife has a, a wedding venue, and so... I'll be assisting her with uh, pulling off a wedding this weekend. And then I'm not sure, of course, we'll probably try to watch the Buckeyes at three tomorrow and and uh, maybe cook out a little bit on Monday. But uh, things are pretty flexible on this end. How about you? Uh, yeah, same kind of thing. A uh, couple uh, get-togethers with some friends. Looking forward to seeing some family and that kind of thing. I hope you're not going to watch the Buckeyes on Spectrum, Jack, because they will not be on. They went dark, ESPN did, on Spectrum last night, right before kickoff of uh, Utah and Florida. Yeah, I heard about that. So I'm a little concerned about uh, where the game's going to be and whether we're going to be able to view it. Uh, but I haven't haven't started diving into that. Hopefully, I'll be able to watch. Although I think it's probably going to be a four touchdown victory for the Buckeyes. Tomorrow, I would imagine so. I would imagine so. I wish we had a four touchdown victory when it came to keeping men in men's sports and women in women's sports. But we don't. Corinne Jean Pierre uh, this week at the White House fielded a question from Hillary Vaughn of Fox, and she said, oh, it's a complicated issue. It's such a complicated issue, Jack, keeping men out of women's sports, because there are a lot of viewpoints going on. And I I was kind of surprised she took that milk toast of a view on it, because I thought the Biden administration was four square behind expanding Title IX, which came about to actually create opportunities for, you know, women to play women's sports. I thought they were four square behind Title IX being open to dudes playing women's sports. Well, it seemed that way, but there have been uh, about 143 bills, or maybe it's 138 around the country uh, in in state houses, uh, in other municipalities. Uh, There have been more than a handful of lawsuits filed against the Biden administration. All of that to say there was tremendous pushback when, without checking with Congress, the executive branch under Biden tried to say Title IX needs to include transgender rights and sexual identity. Well, we found out yesterday that the Department of Education uh, is slow rolling it now. They've not turned over to the Office of Management and Budget uh, the paperwork that would be required for these Title IX changes to be enacted this year. It may be later next year, if at all. Um, so that was a sigh of relief for some parents like myself. Um, but I, I got to encourage listeners, Bruce, to remember there are still a lot of schools who say, hey, this is a law. First yeah. of all, it's not a law. And secondly, I don't know how much it's going to get reported. So parents need to be very aware if school officials are saying, hey, we have to let this happen because of Title IX changes. Uh-uh, not so fast. Those changes have not yet been enacted. Yeah, you make a great point in saying when people tell you it's a law, uh, don't just take that as gospel. It may not be a law. For instance, I've had parents in 
the Olentangy and Dublin districts tell me that they've been told by school administrators that it is the law that the school can and will punish students for misgendering other students, that it is a law that you have to call people by their preferred pronouns. They cite a Supreme Court opinion which allows for authentic faith objections, and even if it was a Supreme Court opinion, it would not be a law. Laws are passed by Congress. It can be you know, upheld as a court ruling. But it's always best in these situations, Jack, to check because, uh, I know, shocking, people that would lie to you and tell you that a man can be a woman merely by saying they're a woman are people who are not always committed to telling you the truth. That's, that's accurate. Uh, it seems that educators are more in tune with political science than biological science. When you get down to the chromosome level, XX, XY, or if you're to draw blood and look at the DNA, it's, it's not a complicated issue. You have males and you have females. Um, but then even their attorneys, interestingly enough, I've unfortunately had the luxury of reading some email messages between law firms and uh, school administrators, and they cite uh, what's called the, the Bostock case, which if you right. dive into the case, which I did, um, it does. the Supreme Court was very clear, and they said this ruling applies to this case, and it's a labor law case. It is an entirely... Uh, different set of circumstances that attorneys and activists have tried to use uh, as a way for the camel to get its nose under the tent. Yeah, and that Bostock case, uh, Neil Gorsuch really did a number on us in that one. That is, uh, when people talk about Trump's Supreme Court appo- uh, appointees, they were great on Roe versus Wade, but boy, Gorsuch really missed the boat on that one. Our guest is Jack Windsor, the Ohio Press Network. Follow Jack on Twitter at Jack Windsor, and you should subscribe to the Ohio Press Network. I know you will be doing and have done a fair amount of coverage on the abortion amendment on the ballot in Ohio, and the abortion proponents are really, really mad that they didn't get their preferred language. Whenever a ballot initiative is out there for voters to vote on, they give you a little synopsis of what the bill would do if passed for people yeah. to read at the, ba- at, the, uh, at the ballot box. And the pro-abortion people are objecting to the fact that there is a mention of an unborn child and late-term abortion in the ballot language, which they say is going to skew the result toward a no vote, which, you know, from your mouth to God's ear. But what do you make of the, 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 the snit over ballot language? Well, so the ballot language is, is important. Um, we've talked to... A- attorneys, I I talked to a constitutional law expert who has said, look, uh, this is going to allow for limitless abortion. It's going to allow for minors to abort and transition without parental involvement. That seems to be my understanding when I read it, too. I'm not an attorney, but I did study constitutional law in in undergraduate, and and I read it. And so when you don't have specificity and you have sweeping language, that's what you get. So the ballot board is uh, responsible for putting on the ballot something that is understandable and reflects the amendment. So, as you said, they uh, applied the the phrase um, unborn child, and the left and progressives went apoplectic. And they said, no, 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 no. Now they want to talk about biology, right? They want to talk Mm -hmm. about sperm and egg and uh, fetus and so on and so forth. Uh, Here's the hard truth, though, Bruce. Um, I've had personal experience in my family with a child that was born just after 20 weeks and weighed just over a pound. So 
if that child was a fetus, then certainly he wouldn't have survived. He did. He's alive. He's in his 20s. So when someone says, oh, that's a fetus, that's just a, a clump of cells. Well, the hard reality is children are born prematurely all the time mm-hmm. and they survive. So we have to stop calling something that isn't as if it is and vice versa. And so that's why they're going apoplectic, because that's going to allow people to go, well, wait a minute. I don't know that I'm in favor of killing a child that is unborn. Yeah. Uh, any uh, validity you give to the viewpoint that uh, because the left conditioned people to vote no on issue one, which was an issue to raise the uh, the uh, standard for amending the Ohio Constitution from 50 percent to 60 percent, and that failed. And the left's whole slogan was vote no on one, vote no on one, one person, one vote. They're now complaining that the abortion issue is issue one and that the pro-life people are trying to uh, hop aboard the momentum of the vote no on issue one to get some votes that they might not get on merit. (laughs) It's funny when I hear these people talk about merit, um, especially when they use the reasoning they did regarding issue one. Uh, you know, original the original issue when they pitched it as, hey, these nefarious people from out of town are going to try to come in and change the Constitution. Um, they were actually talking about themselves. So there might be a little confusion. As I drive around town, I still see no on issue one signs up. Yeah. So, yeah, that might that for, to the uneducated person who's not doing research that might be middle to left. They may go, yeah, that's right. We're supposed to vote no on issue one. Well, I, I don't know. I tough luck to them, I guess. But hopefully, people do their research, and, and in doing their research, they realize how radical issue one is. And I, I call it no November. So uh, it's real easy. It's just no in November. Um, but yeah, there might be uh, an opportunity there for uh, people who are opposed to it to you know draft off the last election. Last thing, Jack, in about the minute and a half we have left, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy is you know. A hot property in the Republican primary as everybody's struggling to try to gain momentum against Trump. There's no doubt in my mind Vivek Ramaswamy has a political future if he wants one. What do you think it is? And if you were counseling him, what would you tell him? Like, take a position in the cabinet if a Republican wins, uh, run for governor in the state of Ohio in 2026. Uh, What do you uh, see on the horizon for him in terms of if he really wants to be president, is he better off doing that? as somebody who's governor of the state of Ohio, somebody who runs from a cabinet position in the past, how would you advise him? And yeah, I'm sorry, I only gave you about uh, quick, 30 seconds to answer. I'm sorry. Yeah, no no worries. I'll, I'll hustle. Uh, I've heard a lot of scuttlebutt that he may be the VP uh, nomination, and that probably would bode well. I know there are a lot of people in Ohio that would love him to enter that U.S. Senate race. Too late for that, probably. Um, but, hey, the, the 2026 gubernatorial race is on the horizon, and uh, depending on what happens uh, in the presidential race, maybe we'll see him on the ticket as governor for the state of Ohio. Yeah, that would be very interesting. I don't know what he's up to, but uh, he's polling well, and uh, the more you poll well, the more they look at what you've said in the past, and then we'll see if you've got staying power. Uh, you have staying power, Jack Windsor. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Bruce. God bless you, brother. Always appreciate Jack Windsor coming on the show and the perspective that he lends, the expertise that he lends. Uh, Independent media survives only because of subscriptions, okay? They have to have people sustain them because, uh, and this is an issue that I confront on this show, is that businesses are very reluctant to advertise in many cases because, oh, you know, 
what you say is controversial. Well, I don't think the truth is controversial. Oh, but we might offend a customer a little. Okay, whatever. Uh, If you don't have the stomach for the fight, then you're not really engaged in the fight. The Ohio Press Network has the stomach for the fight. They tell the truth, just like we endeavor to tell the truth here. And if you appreciate that, and I had a ton of you come up to me at Lazy Chameleon for our debate watch party, say how much you appreciate it. Well, maybe you need to support it tangibly. Rather than just, hey, I really like that program, I really like this host, really like that particular initiative. Yeah, well, sometimes you have to pay for that content or that content goes away because that content goes out of business. Now, Jack touched on the abortion language battle on the ballot. Ohio will be inundated with lies this year. We are the only state, somehow, the only state that has an abortion amendment, a proposal, a law, a ballot initiative. We're the only one. One of 50. You think Planned Parenthood is going to move heaven and earth to come in here? Planned Parenthood's business is not health care. Planned Parenthood's business is not anything but killing babies. That is what sustains Planned Parenthood. That is what pays for its mammoth managerial structure. That is what keeps it going. That is was what has made it a lobbying juggernaut. And so any place where Planned Parenthood can expand access to abortion, they are going to be more than willing to spend money because they know they are going to make money on the back end. What they really don't like is when someone sneaks a camera into one of their meetings and captures audio that reveals that they know exactly what they are doing when they end a pregnancy. Oh, they will tell you that expanding abortion access in Ohio is about reproductive rights. It's about bodily autonomy. That's not a baby. It's a clump of cells. It's a fetus. I always say there's a reason why people don't tell you the truth. The reason why they don't tell you the truth is because they don't have the truth on their side. Nobody argues from a position of error if they have the truth. Because the truth is irrefutable, unchangeable, and powerful. Well, someone did sneak, at least an audio recording device, into a Planned Parenthood meeting. And I played you one cut from it, from the recipient of the Margaret Sanger Award from Planned Parenthood, which again I said is like winning the Hitler Award from the American Nazi Party. Uh, But here's Uta Landy, who is the recipient of the Margaret Sanger Award. And I'm going to apologize in advance for you hearing this, but you need to hear it. You need to hear how evil these people are, what they consider to be humorous, something that occurred during an abortion that Uta Landy is relating from a Planned Parenthood employee, something that happened to her in the midst of performing an abortion. It is grotesque. It is evil. But to the Planned Parenthood people, it is something they laugh at. Someone started to talk about her feelings about doing second trimester abortions. And it just spontaneously went into this very, very intense dimension of our work, uh, of, of, of the feelings of abortion, etc., and I think I decided 
unprepared as I am, <laughs> to read some of those comments to you. One of them said, I don't like saying I'm dismembering a fetus. It makes me feel bad. Another. An eyeball just fell down into my lap, and that is gross. And <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying to myself, this abortion is going well, and it's going safely, so I'm So let me repeat what she said. She said she's relating the feelings of some people who perform second trimester abortions. And that it is an intense experience and that the person is overcome with feelings of revulsion. Because they are unprepared to come to grips with the fact that, and I quote, I don't like saying I am dismembering a body. And then she tells the story of an eyeball just fell into my lap. How am I supposed to cope with that? I'm supposed to focus on the fact that, oh, the abortion is going well. And then they all laugh. So they can tell you all about what an abortion is not, the taking of a human life, that it's about some grand, larger social issue, like protecting women's rights or whatever. They know that it is revolting. They know that it is intense. They know that they are dismembering a body because parts of that body sometimes fall into their lap and they console themselves in the midst of that ghoulish, behavior by telling them, oh, that just means the abortion is going well. Here's another Planned Parenthood counselor talking in that same meeting. You can't ignore the fetus, right? Because the fetus is your marker of how well, how good job you did, right? If you don't account for all the parts and you don't look carefully, you, you may be setting someone up for infection or hemorrhage or whatever. The fetus matters clinically to us. Not to mention that women know what's in there. You know, to about two-thirds, over 60% of women are already mothers and there are many wannabe mothers. They're not stupid. They know what's in there. So the idea, I actually think we should be less about denying the reality of those images, more about acknowledging that, yeah, that's kind of true. So given that we actually see the fetus the same way, and given that we might actually both agree that there's violence in here, ask me why I come to work every day. Mm-hmm. Let's just give them all the violence. It's a person it's killing. Let's just give them all that. Let's just give them that it's violence, it's killing. Let's just give them all that. She says 60% of women who have an abortion already have children. They know that's not a fetus. They know it's a child. They're not stupid, she said. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.